Hello, I'm Charles Hegwood, and welcome to Journeying Through Scripture podcast, the podcast where we walk through God's Word together. Today is a bonus episode based off of something that I've seen from a, a friend of mine that I had, and, and uh, they have posted something. I won't give you the name of the person or the group they started, but it's basically a class on how to become a better prophet. Or at least that's my take on it. And, I, I, and they used Acts chapter 2, which if you are following my podcast, I'm currently at the time of this recording going through Acts. And so I feel like it is important that I speak to what they are saying. So let me set the stage for what they're saying. Well, they are saying first and foremost that Acts chapter 2 verses 14 through 18 is giving a outline for how the church and prophecy are to coincide. Now, let me make a few caveats. I'm not suggesting that God doesn't allow us to have some element of prophecy, but I do heavily watch that and I carefully apply that. I don't think it is something that is to be loosely applied and it needs to be very carefully applied. I think it should be a rare situation, and I do not think uh, that Acts chapter 2, 14 through 18 is in any way suggesting that that is a practice of the church. And that's why I want to make this bonus episode, is that as we study God's Word, one of the hopes and goals of this podcast is, one, that you would read Scripture more, Uh, that you would read through books of the Bible, that you would study them, and that you would learn how to study and apply them within the context that you read them. That is a fancy theological term called hermeneutics, or hermeneutics, probably better pronounced that way, which is simply how to study scripture. And I think what is happening with the way they it's going to be very generic and non-specific here. The way they uh, applied Acts chapter two, fourteen through eighteen, is just not a good, responsible way to apply Scripture. And the other caveat that I want to discuss before we dive into Acts chapter two, fourteen through eighteen specifically, is when they say prophecy. From what I gathered, from what I watched, what was not necessarily what I would determine as a biblical definition of prophecy was their definition was when they read that and they read the word prophecy they see that it allows us to gain access to the thoughts and this very ambiguous thoughts of God that we can then use to speak over other people and I want to say I, I understand maybe what they're getting at There's maybe some element of something similar to that where, yes, God can give you a word to tell somebody that would be prophetic. Uh, Yes, he did that through his prophets, uh, but they did a lot more, what we would say, forth-telling than they did foretelling. There was some foretelling, but a lot of it was forth-telling, meaning proclamation. We need to understand that like in Matthew chapter 7 when uh, Jesus is talking to some people and he said you even prophesied in my name and yet I'll say to you depart from me I never knew you those who practice evil and when he says you prophesied in my name he means you told people about who I am you you forth told you pro- proclaimed my name uh, and, and 
that is more of the biblical definition. I think the definition that this person is teaching, and, that, and that's the thing, this is why I wanted to make the episode. It's not just simply their personal belief. They're teaching this. And the last I saw, they had about 40 people. Uh, and, and it's in a... I think it's dangerous because it teaches bad hermeneutics, bad ways to read Scripture and apply Scripture to your life. And it, it teaches you unbiblical views of what prophecy is. And like I said, yes, there's elements where we God will sometimes give us things to pray for people that are specific that they didn't tell us. That does happen. It's happened to me. I've done that. I've prayed, and God just put some on my heart, and I prayed for it, and it turned out that's similar to what the person I prayed for was going through. That happens. But the way this person presented the class, again, and this is maybe even the third caveat before we dive in, was that they had at the end of their class a prophecy activation exercise. And I just want to point out there is nowhere in Scripture and no Scripture that you can use to get to the point where there is any such thing as a prophecy activation exercise in that you could you could exercise your ability to prophesy better. And it's funny because they'll often, too, use other verses, specifically the ones about the spiritual gifts, to argue that prophecy is a legitimate spiritual gift. And yet they'll also talk about it as everybody in the church has this gift. Everybody who is a son or daughter of Christ has this gift. But if you're reading those verses, the ones they like to say, well, this is a spiritual gift, and they're quoting often Corinthians and some of the other list of spiritual gifts, they realize that God gives different people different gifts. We, we all didn't give the same gift. Now, we all have the same charge of proclamation, and that's what I'm going to get into. So without further ado, I'm going to read Acts chapter 2, 14 through 18. I'm going to kind of give their interpretation, and then I will give what I think to be the more biblical interpretation. Now, I admit fully I could be wrong in this, but I I tend to err on the side of caution when it comes to how we apply Scripture. I don't want to apply it too loosely. So Acts chapter 2, 14 through 18, we've read it before on this podcast, and we talked about it before, but I I want to do a deep dive just on these four verses uh, instead of the whole overview of chapter 2 and obviously chapter 2 the focal point is not these verses the focal point comes in a different part of chapter 2 the the actual event of Pentecost so let's let's look at it it says Peter stood up with the eleven and he raised his voice and proclaimed fellow Jews and all the residents of Jerusalem let this be known to you and pay attention to my words for these people, he's referring to the apostles, are not drunk, we'll get back to that, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel, and he's going to read for you the prophet Joel. It says in verse 17, And it will be in the last days, that's actually not in Joel, we'll talk about that in a second, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people, and then your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. Now, her lesson ended there. Now, we know the prophecy of Joel does not end there. It continues to verse 21. So this was this person's interpretation of what I just read. 
they said they what was happening well, actually they didn't really focus much on the first few verses uh, they kind of jumped straight to verse 17 and they said oh the Holy Spirit will be poured out and the gift of the Spirit will be prophecy your sons and your daughters will prophesy and they said therefore all the children of God have this gift of prophecy and they can practice and grow this gift and they can they can see the essentially they didn't ex- explicitly say what I'm about to say, but they imply that you, you can tell the future. You can tell someone what's going to happen in their life because you can activate this gift of prophecy when you need it. And that you can activate the gift of prophecy as you speak the words and secret thoughts of God over people. And, and that this verse is proof of that. And then continued on uh, to s- talking about visions and dreams. Some of the prophecy will look like visions and dreams. And, and that even uh, servants, men and women, will prophesy. And they said, therefore, even if you're a woman, and they say you can't prophesy because you're a woman, point them to this verse. Well, sure, men and women receive the same spiritual gifts in that sense, that the Spirit doesn't discriminate based on uh man or woman uh, he gives the gift of prophecy technically to either one uh, and, and sure you can make that argument the biggest issue I have here is that these verses are not saying that so her uh, this person's conclusion that the gift of prophecy has been given to all people uh, is not the f- focus of what Joel is saying what Peter, and why Peter is quoting Joel. Well, let's first ask the question, what, why is Peter quoting Joel? Well, because it's Pentecost, and at Pentecost they read the book of Joel. It's no accident that Peter chose Joel to quote from. After all, what we refer to Pentecost was already a holiday called, you guessed it, Pentecost. And you read the book of Joel, And so this prophecy, the people there would have been reading this as they celebrated Pentecost. And what Peter is saying, and this is actually what's what's going on here. So Peter stood up and he raised his voice because if you jump back, and again, uh, when you're reading scripture, you always need to look back to see what happened before. And And what had happened was this crazy thing happened. The spirit rushed down as a mighty rushing wind. A crowd came, tongues of fire came on all the all the apostles they began speaking in tongues they did not know so people from all over hearing their language and they're proclaiming and this is one of the keys i brought up in the episode that i did on this that they were proclaiming the magnificent works of god and these some most people were amazed and astonished by what is happening but some were saying they're drunk on new wine They're, they're celebrating a little too hard and peter's saying we're not drunk as you think it's only nine in the morning we haven't been drinking what you're seeing here and this is verse 16 is key and even though this person read verse 16 didn't quite grasp what was happening on the contrary this is what was spoken through the prophet joel now you have to ask what does this mean so now we're going to kind of dive in deep when you read in scripture and you read something like this is what you have to look back what is what so you should be asked the question what is he talking about what is this this is the event of Pentecost. This is the Holy Spirit rushing down, tongues of fire, them proclaiming God's glorious works in multiple languages. They didn't even know, and everybody's hearing in their own native language, the works of God. That's what he's referring to when he says, what is happening? 
has been spoken of in the prophet Joel. He's saying Joel was, it's no accident that we read the prophet Joel at Pentecost, and this is when God chose to send the Holy Spirit. It's a fulfillment of the prophet Joel. He's saying this prophecy is fulfilled. So as I noted on this and I read through it and I meditated on it, I said Peter begins his sermon explaining the events that they are all witnessing with a prophecy from Joel. And the imagery used here is apocalyptic, and but we are assured it has come to pass. Now I'm actually, when I say that, referring to verse 19 uh, where it talks about the sun going dark and the moon turning to blood. Peter is saying what you're seeing here is happening. That's happening. Now the moon didn't turn to blood and the sun didn't go dark, but what happened was a movement of the spirit. It's metaphoric language. Another way to say it is these are images or metaphors for a movement of God. Now, it's interesting too in verse 17, he says, and it will be in the last days. Well, if you go and read Joel, Joel does not say in the last days. This is Peter's own as the Holy Spirit is guiding him his own words and he turns it to the last days and again I think this person was maybe a little confused by the words the last days are we living in the last days absolutely uh, Peter is saying he's living in the last days we're still living in the last days we've been living in the last days ever since Jesus ascended into heaven that after that period it became the last days so that's what he's referring to when he says in the last days. He's talking about after Jesus ascends to heaven. As Jesus promised, he will pour out his spirit on all the people. And Peter's saying, you've witnessed this. What you're talking about, you're assuming we're drunk, but we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Now, what is happening? Within the context that Peter is quoting this, they are proclaiming the magnificent works of God. And again, I'm not saying that prophecies would not happen necessarily. When Peter says Jesus will come back, and when Paul said Jesus will come back, and when John says Jesus will come back, those are prophecies. They're looking forward, they're foretelling. But what is happening within the very context of Pentecost here is that they're proclaiming the magnificent works of God and they're proclaiming the gospel and in a sense what Peter is saying here is your sons and your daughters will prophesy just as the Old Testament prophets had the job of telling the people what God is saying everybody sons and daughters will have that office now to forth tell or to proclaim or the word used here, prophesy, to say the words of God. Now, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. That's a little more complicated. Maybe they have something there in their interpretation of that, that, that there is something that, that happens with vision. Certainly, God can do that. The Holy Spirit can do that. But in verse 18, I will even pour out my spirit on my servants. Again, who's talking? Fishermen are talking. We're talking about people who are joining the church who may be literal slaves. And he's saying they will prophesy. They will proclaim the magnificent works of God. They will proclaim the gospel. Again, the issue I have as they interpret this passage of, of Acts is that they are applying what they want to be true of the whole Bible into this verse or in these verses. And brothers and sisters, we cannot read the Bible that way. 
We must not read the Bible that way. We must read it in the context and with the theme that the author who wrote it meant to have. So you have to ask, when Peter gave this speech and when Luke recorded this speech, what is he trying to say? And in, in, really, in the context of Acts, what is he saying to Theophilus? He's saying the prophet Joel, those things were fulfilled, and that now every believer has the office of telling everyone who God is. And I do not think we can import our own interpretation of the word prophecy there. Again, the uh, if you do a survey of how the word prophecy is used, it tends to be used for procl- proclamation or forthtelling. They are supplying a, a definition of prophecy I don't really see in Scripture. And I find it dangerous to, to use this verse and say this is the bulwark verse. This is the pillar verse for our prophetic ministry, that we will pray over people and speak the secret words of God to people. And I have a problem with, again, that even the, the idea of the secret words of God, because God gave us his words. He's revealed himself to us in scripture. That's why I named my podcast Journeying Through Scripture, that we would journey through scripture to commune with God. And I do believe that as we read Scripture, the Holy Spirit illuminates it for us and the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Absolutely. I'd be remiss to think that it's just an academic study. And I do understand the pushback on that, that some people have made it so academic that it just becomes this dry dissection of ancient literature. And the Bible's much more than that because it's a living document in which the Holy Spirit communes with us and illuminates the text with us and speaks to us through the text. But I, I feel that the way they're doing it is not, or the, what they're talking about when they're talking about this is not that. I would urge you to read the Bible and to pray as you read, God, illuminate the text. Holy Spirit, meet with me here. And, and train yourself in how to read scripture and how to interpret it rightly and then to listen to the voice of God as you read it. And often as I read scripture, what I hear God saying is as I'm reading it, he's pointing truths out that are in the text and he's using that to apply to my life. And I feel and I fear that when they talk about it that way, they are losing that. And that's dangerous. And so I wanted to make this rather long bonus episode because I want to point out there is a danger in not knowing how to read scripture. There is a reason why I make this podcast to show you how to read scripture and how to commune with the Holy Spirit as you read scripture and how God will use scripture to speak to you. But I also want to point out with this episode how we cannot read scripture. This is a good example of how not to do it. This is a good example of it can be dangerous because people then can take how they've read these four verses and you can apply that anywhere in the Bible and you can make it say whatever you want because you've taken it completely out of the context. And as we close, one of my biggest fears is that when we rip Scripture out of its context, we miss the big picture that God is speaking to us. We actually miss the voice of God because we're focusing on one small aspect and we've ripped it out of its context. We've ripped it out of its message and we've put our own message to it. And I want to close with that. As you read scripture, read it within the context. Read it and and ask yourselves the question, do the work of reading and going, 
What is the context? What is the author saying? What is Peter saying? Or what is the speaker? What is the person who's speaking saying? And then what did it mean to them? And if it meant that to them, what are the principles that still mean that to me today? And how can I, and this is the, one of the most important steps, how can I then apply that to my life? And I hope you continue the journey through the book of Acts with me. Or you can look back at all, all the other episodes I've done. I've done several books. I've done Lamentations, Song of Solomon, Mark, Ezra, not Ezra, yeah, Ezra, Ezra and Nehemiah. And I will be doing Zechariah and First and Second Thessalonians this year. And as I go through those books, I want to display and show how God is using those books in my life and how he will use it in yours. And, and you will have some different insights than me because the Holy Spirit will speak to you in specific ways because of what's going on in your life. And I want you to, to read the Bible in that way, asking God to illuminate the text and to meet with you in the text. That's all I got to say today. I just wanted to make this, again, it's a rather long episode. I apologize. But thank you for listening. Again, if you have any questions or concerns or comments please send them my way uh, through you can contact me through anchor they have a way you can actually send emails to me uh, you can also check out my wordpress so it's journeying through scripture.wordpress.com and there you'll find some articles uh, you'll find some other writings and musings on scripture there as well or any of the episodes and you can always find me on apple Podcasts, spotify and anywhere you get your podcast Thank you for listening, and I hope to see you next time.